Hello and welcome to the Flippin' Weirds podcast. We are based in the UK and we'll be talking all things Malifaux, from news and reviews to events and tactics. Enjoy the show. What is up, nerds? It is the final instalment of our Explorer Society takeover, and we are looking at the Seeker keyword led by Jedza. As usual, I've got Matt with me here today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Matt. You've ruined the usual game, so just say whatever you like. Say whatever you like, Matt. That's, uh, that's oh, you're such a twat. <laughs> No, you can't pick it up now. You ruined it on the last show. No, no, I can. I can when it's not full of Jamie's propaganda. But it's okay. Like, you've had a little nap now. You seem to have calmed down. Jamie's propaganda. The truth. You can't handle the truth. That's the problem. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oppressive truth. All right, cool. (laughs) Um, And back with us again tonight, we have Lewis. So, Lewis, do you want to introduce yourself? And why don't you tell us... What model or character you would add into Malifaux if you could add anything and why? Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, uh, I'm Lewis up in Scotland, Scottish matter. And if I could add anything into Malifaux, I would add uh, part of Scottish folklore. Uh, it is Kelpies. Uh, water spirits often take the form of horses that drag people underwater and uh, murder them and Quite frankly, I think that'd be quite cool in the Neverborn and would tie in quite nicely to the gibbering hordes as well. It's the second call for gibbering horde models. Yeah, I think I think there's a real call for gibbering horde models. They are very cool. They're quite similar to the Silurids, aren't they, a little bit? Yeah, maybe, but there's a lot going on there. They're pretty cool, though. Yeah, but these are actually made of water. They're not actual creatures. They're just spirits that take on shapes. It's like the horses' heads in the Lord of the Rings when they come flooding down the river oh, could go in evs that'd be pretty cool but i mean, I it would, I mean dual faction why not <laughs> cool cool all right so those are the people doing this look at seeker with us so let's dive straight in at the top with jedza so jedza is an undead model uh she is defense five willpower eight move four with 13 wounds on the front of our card, there's a couple of things we see uh, throughout Malifaux, hard to wound and unimpeded. And then if we go and have a look at her keyword ability, which is Chronicle. So this works similar to Mantra in Sandeep's crew. So hers is Chronicle Wanderer, which is once per activation, after another model within six heals, this model may reduce the next damage the heal model suffers this activation to zero. So that works really, really nicely with, as we will see, loads and loads of healing in the keyword and a real theme about keeping her models around. The rest of the front of her card, we've got Font of the Everlasting. So models with four or less health that start their activation within six, heal one. We have Inevitability of Death, which is once per activation. When an enemy model would within six would heal, this model may have it instead suffer an equal amount of damage. And then lastly, we've got Fragility of Life. So at the start of the game, this model gains two life tokens. After another friendly Seeker model within six is reduced to zero health, 
This model may discard a life token to have that model heal too. After any model within six is killed, this model gains a life token. What do we think of that? I think straight away this feels like this crew is going to be hard to kill, right? Like It's a bubble crew is the impression I'm getting. There's a lot of kind of keep it close within six there. Um, so yeah, it feels like uh, fragility of life, fragility of life, of life is going to like it, it's going to be one of those ones you got to think about when you're playing into it. You got to maybe move them out of that aura, I'd say. And uh, willpower eight, wow, what a that is that is some willpower, right? <laughs> like that's a that's a good counter to a lot of things, I say. Yeah, what do you think, Lewis? Uh, yeah, I, I this is this is the crew that I'm most excited about, and. Everything about it is amazing. Um, following up on what Matt said, I think the best way to take it down, even off just for agility of life, is probably blasts, so that you're having to make them spend stuff, uh, life tokens, m- as quickly as possible. But like you said, willpower eight and thirteen wounds. This m- Jedza can do a lot, and I just wish she would appear on the release schedule so I could throw money at Weird for it because. Not only that, it's a super cool model as well. Um, yeah, I think we can definitely take some time to appreciate this keyword is probably the most beautiful keyword in the game, or it will be once all the models are out. Yeah, I have to, have to agree. Like, absolutely stunning. Like, flicking flicking through the book, it's just like, oh, wow, this is one beautiful model after the next. It's so nice. My congratulations go out to the artist who did this but also to the people who managed to keep that umbrella in one piece on the actual model (laughs) (laughs) you know that it's gonna you know that it's gonna have issues when some ham-fisted idiot like me is playing with it so (laughs) how intense do you think we're gonna see without umbrellas real soon Quite a few. Quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, let's have a look at the back of the card. Um, so we have two attack actions. The first is Drain Life. It is range six, stat six versus willpower. Target suffers two, three, four damage, and this model heals one with a pulled here and there trigger on a mask. Pretty good. Nice range on it. Targeting willpower can be good. Um, pretty solid. We've got Life of the Earth which needs a five to go off and it has an eight-inch range. You target a terrain piece. This action cannot target the same terrain piece more than once per activation. Enemy models within two of it must pass a target number 13 move jewel or resolve the following effects based on the target's terrain traits in the order listed below. So it's going to be quite important to make sure you define your terrain at the start of the game. If the terrain is concealing, you're going to gain distracted one. If it's hazardous, you'll resolve the hazardous effect. If it's impassable, you'll suffer three damage. And if it is severe, you'll gain staggered. So worth remembering, it is for each of those effects. So the more terrain traits you have, the more potential damage or more potential negative effects that your opponent's models are going to suffer. And it is just enemy models. So that is potentially really good. Probably a little bit situational, depending on where things are on the board and what the board looks like. But definitely got some good potential there. Um, as far as tactical actions go, we have Lost Knowledge, which is seen on Molly. So it's range eight, needs a five to go off target at uh, remove target marker draw two cards with a trigger on a crow that once per activation choose one model within range to gain staggered which is really nice unresisted staggered uh, we've got plenty of wares 
um, which is this the bit, the last two bits on the card are a bit like the hodgepodge emissary, I guess. So we've got plenty of wares, which needs a four to go off. Target heals one, two, three. Extra supplies on a ram. Purification on a book. And on a crow, you've got curse to wonder, which is move the target a number of inches equal to its move. If the target is an enemy model, it must pa- it may pass a target number 15 willpower jewel to ignore this effect. And then the bonus action is a weary road. So six inches, friendly only, move a target up to three, and then drop a scheme marker into base contact with it. So this is pretty good. There's some healing there, which works really nicely with that chronicle. Also worth remembering, if you choose to heal an enemy model, uh, you can heal them one, two, three, or two, three, four, if you get the extra supplies trigger, and then use inevitability of death, the ability on the front of her card, to change that to damage. So that is potentially four unresisted damage onto a model. Jed's is looking pretty scary. Yeah, like really scary. The 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 plenty of wares transforming that into unresisted damage. That's it's gonna be it's gonna be something you gotta watch out for, right? That's that's gonna catch you. You're not gonna be able to resist it. Doesn't matter if you're packing thirteen hands, that's it. Two two three four, and presumably she could just cheat in the uh, the severe card and get that done, right? Um, on on the face of it though, she doesn't look like she's potentially kicking out more damage. But obviously that that plenty of wares is really good. Drain life is two three four, bit of healing. Uh, but I, life of the earth feels like it could be really, really strong um, from from what we can see coming out with like a distracted, hazardous effects, stag- suffer three damage. I mean, that could stack up quite a bit, I'd say. And just nice to have a bit of a movement as a bonus action on your master's weary road. Pretty good. Pretty good. What are you thinking about it, Lewis? Yeah, um, I, everything on the back of this card screams money really doesn't it it's um plenty of wares lost knowledge i mean lost knowledge card draw is good everybody knows how strong card draw is if you can give out unresisted staggered on card draw fantastic um like you guys though i'm drawn to life of the earth um this uh, action is absolutely mental but one thing that in a good way one thing I do think this will lead to now is that TOs are going to have to put a lot more thought into terrain. You can't just do what, and I've been guilty of it as a TO. I've just slapped a railway line all the way up the middle of a board and said, oh, look, we're at a train yard. Nah, because you could catch a lot of enemy models with that now. Um, so I, I think this will lead to quite a bit of variation on boards as well, which is always good for players. Um, you're not going to see the same lazy boards over and over again. So Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It changes that aspect of the game as well, which is lovely. Um, but like you say, unresisted four damage. Uh, I don't think you cheat in the four, the severe. I think if you get it, it's gravy. I mean, if you needed to kill something, you could do potentially five unresisted damage with it, with a red joker, but that's... You know, again, something you have to look at. But I just think ending conditions and then Curse to Wander, again, also really good because Willpower 15 is not an easy duel for a lot of models to pass. So pulling stuff off of uh, markers or areas that they need to be in for schemes and strats is also just really strong. Yeah, I think I think it's actually good that thinking about it, like changing up boards means that explorers already have a change on... The, the way the game's going to play, the way the tournament scene might look, but just from a kind of, at in a wider stance, it's good. And 
I look at this card, it's really efficient, thinking about it. There's nothing here that screams, oh, I'm going to need to save a high card. Like, actually, she doesn't need anything higher than a five, really, to get hit the target numbers. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I think she's really efficient. Uh, I think just solid. And uh, I think she strikes me as the, the kind of force-multiplying master that is just going to make things around her excel. So it'd be interesting to see what the rest of her crew looks like. Yeah, I love the look of Jedza. Jedza is super exciting. I think I'm not super like Life of the Earth has potential massive impacts, but as someone who's played a lot of Wong, um, I like relying on enemies failing simple jewels is always a little bit risky. However, I think if you're looking at um, nearer the end of the turn, which I think if you you take into account her play style, which is keeping models alive and healing them up, you, you're probably quite likely to. Um, and then the geode markers, which are impassable hazardous, uh, that's potentially three and then an ev- another one damage for four total per failed jewel, um, which is pretty nice. Um, so yeah, I, I can see it getting used. I really like drain life as well as a way, because I think... Um, it's important to note Jedza can't use life tokens on herself. So um, I think it's definitely potential for her to try and keep herself alive. And it's nice that her attack heals her one while she's at it. So yeah, I really, really like her. All right, let's um, let's move on to her totem, which is Sophie. Uh, so Sophie has six wounds, defense five, willpower four, move four, size three, and a beautiful model. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed. So there's artwork in the book with Jedza riding Sophie, which is really, really cool. Um, I was a little bit disappointed to see uh, that the model doesn't represent that. It would be cool if it was like some sort of Reaver-esque mounted model, but I get why it's not. Um, we've got her Chronicle ability, which is Chronicle Caravan. Once per activation, after another model within six heals, this model may have the healed model discard a card and then draw a card. So nice bit of card cycling. We've got companion, we've got hard to wound, we've got move along, and we have unimpeded. Um, on the back of the card, we've got trampling hooves, which we've seen on other models. It's only stat four, two, three, four damage, target gains injured, and Sophie can place herself anywhere in base contact with the target. With a mask trigger, which is enemy models within four of this model must pass a target number 14 willpower jewel or be pushed two inches towards this model. Not sure how useful that is, but it's the triggers, the triggers there. Um, we've got camp by candlelight as a tactical action. It's a six inch aura. Uh, needs a six to go off once per turn until the end phase. After another friendly model ends their activation within range, this model may discard a card to end a condition on that friendly model. So, that is good um, for some conditions. Because it's at the end of the activation, it stops it being useful for, for a proportion of the conditions. But for stuff like poison and burning, that is still good. Um, it's got on a mask until the end phase, enemy models cannot ignore or be unaffected by terrain within range. That's got some applications, which is quite cool. And on a ram, which is built in, this model suffers two damage and a friendly Jedza within range gains a life token. So it's a good way to start stacking those life tokens without other having models die. Lastly, we've got a bonus action. Needs a six to go off. Friendly seeker within two inches. Target gains focus plus one. That's a pretty nice totem. Fairly survivable. Generates the life tokens. It's got decent damage if it needs to, and it gives out focus. I'm not sure we can ask for any more, really. No, I think I think it is good. I think it is a solid totem. Um, I, I like the chronicles on it. I think that's going to work 
work really well to just cycle cards. I mean, in theory, Jensa could effectively shoot three times and cycle cards, right? Oh, it's once per activation. It's already once, so apologies. Um, but I think a bit of card cycling is good, especially from your free totem. Again, another unimpeded model. Um, and move along, I think, is going to be a real benefit because a lot of these Explorer models I haven't see, have seen have been quite slow, so the plus one move is a good thing to have. Gets her up to move five as well. So I think I think good. Just a solid model. Not not set the. I like if I was to think about like Ivan's totem, I would say it's probably that one's probably better. But this is just a good totem and camp by candlelight. Um, I think definitely has some applications. And even if, like you said, it's just to potentially just get that friendly Jensa a life token. Focus one at two inches probably probably sees play turn one maybe. Um. Maybe if you get it into a right place as well, could see could see it working. But again, it's playing into that tight bubble, real tight bubble so far. Yeah, um, like you both have touched on, though, I can't really add much more. It is just a solid totem for what the crew needs. Um, I put a little more stock in the mask to- uh, trigger on the attack than maybe you guys are, because I'm looking at it as if this crew wants to be playing in a bubble and your opponent doesn't really want to be in that bubble. Their model's dying in a six-inch bubble, gives Jedza her life tokens. So if they have to spend cards to stop being drawn in to a model that's in the bubble, then you beat a model, uh, which we'll probably cover next, who also wants enemy models next to him. Um, They're spending resources that aren't defending his attacks. So I think she's quite a good support piece, not only for Jedza, but for... um, Mikhail as well because people will often cheat to avoid being pulled in I see it with uh, Pandora and that sort of thing so I'm quite happy that she's got a way of causing jewels to be pulled into that bubble So with um, with push though, if those hazardous train you move through it, is that going to cause them important damage as well? Yeah Yep. Yeah, yeah, then hazardous train so I can see some probably applications there if Jed's crew is going to use those terrain pieces. Uh, so they've got um, there's a couple of things. They've got geode markers, which um, that doesn't really work for, um, and then they've got the grave goo, who um, treats terrain in base contact as hazardous damage one and poison one. So that's potentially big, um, but we'll come on to that and how that works, especially with. Um, Jedza and her life of the earth as well there's a lot there's a couple of different cool interactions there uh it touches on the surveyors as well because they've got a two inch bubble that um causes hazardous terrain within two inches of themselves uh yeah that's true enemy models yeah. only yeah so um it's just more play with the keyword and the hazardous but like you say it can pull like i say it can pull people in and it could maybe plunk a few points of damage off or get a model that you need into your crew into it. Yeah, cool. Well, I think we can definitely agree that Sophie is solid. Um, we like Sophie. All right, let's move on to what I imagine will become quickly one of the um, most infamous models in Malifaux, if Seeker is as popular as it's looking like it's going to be, which is Mikhail uh, XVI, or 16, so the 16th Mikhail. Uh, he is... Defense six, willpower five, move four with nine wounds. He's unimpeded, the same as I think the entire keyword is. 
Uh, he is unyielding, hard to kill, and armor one. So those are some rules we've already seen. There is another rule we've already seen, which is caught in the ring. So Ironsides has that. Models engaged by this model cannot target other models with attack actions. That's pretty big, especially considering Mikhail has a two-inch engagement range and how can, how easy it is for Jedza to keep a armor one hard-to-kill model alive using life tokens and healing. Um, and then we've also got his Chronicle, which is protection. Once per activation, after another model within six heals, this model may place into base contact with the heal model. So that is super efficient way of getting around and getting out of trouble. On the back of his card, we've got Koshai, the Epita Blade, uh, which is two-inch range, stat six, targeting defense, three, four, five damage. And this model may have any one model within four of the target heal one, including himself. Um, we've got a Sweeping Strike Tigger on a Tome, and on a Crow, we've got In Memoriam, which is choose a non-joker in the top five cards of this model's discard pile, place the chosen card on the top of this model's fate deck. Um, that's That's awesome. Like, just to start, that's awesome. Uh, we've got a Shockwave uh, called Entomb. Needs a 4 to go off its 8-inch range. Shockwave 2, move 12, jewel, damage 2, and stunned. Stunned is an awesome condition. Enemy models suffer minus 1 to their jewel to resist this Shockwave for each type of non-Shockwave marker within 3 of them. So that's potentially a pretty hard jewel. Um, with, on a mask, a blown back trigger. Mikhail's also got two tactical actions. My Father's Legacy... Range 4, uh, needs a 6 to go off. Friendly model only. This model gains focus 1, so Mikhail gains focus 1. Move any number of enemy models engaging the target up to 4 inches towards this model. Uh, with a mass trigger, this model takes a claw action targeting them. And then finally, shrug off as a bonus action. There is a lot going on here. Mikhail is going to be a bit of a nightmare to deal with. Um, I think just to be absolutely clear on how this works, um, you have to hit Mikhail down to hard to kill. He is a henchman with armor. Uh, and then you do him another wound and he dies. When he dies, he, Jedza spends a life token. He comes back on two wounds. So you'd need to hit him at least twice to kill him. Jedza's Chronicle also triggers, which means you then he reduces the next bit of damage he suffers to zero. Um, and a lot of healing potential as well. Um, you are going to need to move Mikhail uh, or move Jedza or block line of sight or execute or and execute's not going to help i don't think is it um there's just nope. there's just a lot going on uh when a friendly model is reduced to zero health uh does execute doesn't reduce to zero health does it though no, it just kills yeah, it just kills the model so yeah yeah you, so you execute could execute could work. um there's yeah wow there's a lot going on here and and he and this is on top of a three four five range two with caught in the ring so he stops you being able to target other models um, wow, I love this model. This is a good model. This is an amazing model, right? This this is outstanding. Right, nine stones of just, yeah, worth every penny. Better than that, actually, out keyword, I'd pay 10 for this. Defense six, willpower five, armor one, hard to kill, unimpeded, caught in the ring, henchman, right? He's pretty hard on a normal day. In any other crew, he is solid anyway. With a built-in attack to with, with his attack with the heal that he can heal himself above hard to kill again, with a two-inch melee at step six, three, four, five. Gee whiz. Holy hell. Like this this model is just wall to wall, shocker block, amazing. Outstanding. Gonna be 
pretty much a a regular face, I think, in an Explorers game. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I don't even know what to say really. That this is just so good. Like the potential he can give himself focus and move enemy models to, wow, like so good to shrug off if you've got a condition. Cool, discard a card. The card, the crew's not short on card draw. We've seen it. This, yeah, absolutely outstanding. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Pretty much going would take out a keyword. I think is uh, I'm I'm saying it now. I uh, just don't see a world where you, this wouldn't be taken out a keyword. I think you could. Yeah, I, like I, there's there's cause to take him in some crews. Um, he's. I mean, we've we've already looked at the rest of the keywords, and I think it's fair to say quite a few of the explorers masters are a little bit vulnerable. Um, and Mikhail is a decent answer to that with caught in the ring and being a bit of a tank. So yeah, I mean, I think pay. I think to pay ten stones out of keywords, you get decent value for that. Um, with this model, you're not you're not feeling cheated by paying the extra soul stone, are you? So, um, I, I think that if you if you've got a role for him in your crew, I think then definitely he work move four is a little bit of a liability in some crews, and it works with Jedza because Jedza's quite clearly more of a bubble type of crew. Um, but if you can put him in, so something like Cadmus, um, where you've got healing, um, actually his Chronicle Protection will allow him to sort of leapfrog up the board. So, yeah, do you know what? I can see it. Yeah, de- definitely in other crews. Um, and just focusing on the Seeker keyword, I think I think this is going to be one of the biggest speed bump roadblock models that I've potentially ever seen in Malifaux. Like, this guy is just just the way you were talking about the healing and him coming back and actually kill him. He's going to come back. He's going to get two. He's going to heal a bit. Wow. How a, like, the AP you would have to sink, the committed fire you would have to do. If you do, if you try and take this guy out inside six of Jedza, I think I think you're misplaying. Like, it, it, you need to move him out. You need to block line of sight. You need to do something that gets him away from Jedza. Because if, if you don't, don't bother. It is is my genuine impression. And I think I think we'll we'll go on to like countering the crew at the end. But I think the overarching message is going to be: you need to either kill Jedza or block line of sight. And killing Jedza while Mikhail's around is not going to be easy. Um, but the 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 only good side of this is they are both standard size two thirty mil models, which means generally you should be able to block line of sight unless you're playing Bayou, at which point it's just sad face. Um, or have a Bell should... Porter. Yeah, well, well, that's only during their activation. Oh, um, that's true. So it's, yeah, I think blocking line of sight is a win here, but you're going to need to, you, yeah, you're going to need to plan it. If you go in and just start throwing attacks at Mikhail, you're playing exactly into Jedza's game. Um, you need to have a plan of attack and you need to be able to do it over the course of two activations at tops. Um, and that that point where you kill Mikhail, you need to have blocked line of sight to Jedza or made her run out of life tokens. Yeah, I suppose turning off healing is also a good good shout as well, right? That is that is literally the the way to just completely undo everything this crew does. Um, and there's there's not too many examples of it in the game, but there are they are out there. And and, and as a seeker player, you're going to need to know what they are. Um, and yeah, as someone playing against Seeker, you're going to need to find them and use them. Um, what about you, Lewis? What do you think of Mikhail? Nah, he's not that good, is he? No, um, he genuinely is. He's... <laughs> I'd have I'd have liked to see you commit to that a little bit. Um, <laughs> just try and justify it. I couldn't <laughs> with a straight face. I couldn't. I'm sat here like the Cheshire Cat. Uh, um, this model is just 
so good. Um, he's going to be an absolute ball eight. I do like Weird's counterplay on the card. You can lure him, but you can't obey him, which is nice. So you do have a way to get him out of Jedza's bubble. Um, so that's a saving grace, and most factions have access to a lure. And I think against Jedza, you're hiring lure into your crew. But unyielding, caught in the ring, this guy is not even going to help you kill Jedza because he's not getting obeyed. Unresisted movement on enemy models is just grand, and getting to swing at them afterwards is just fine. Um, in Seeker, I don't think the move four is a problem because you've already seen Sophie turns in move five. And like Jamie said, you can leapfrog up the board. So it's just gravy on top of it. To be honest with you, there is no reason why this guy will not appear. And I would hazard, I guess, most Explorers crews. It's, you know, a lot of factions have that model. Guild have got Fiona, um, you know, the Riders, that sort of thing. They become a mainstay of the crew of the faction. I think Mikhail is maybe one of the closest things that the Explorers have at the moment that isn't called the Emissary. And if you combine him with the Emissary, you're not killing him, let's face it. Well, actually, that's a good point. How does Caught in the Ring work with Take the Hit? Uh, So Take the Hit, I believe... I'm not looking at the card right now, but Take the Hit, I believe, says ignoring targeting restrictions. Right, okay. Um, So Take the Hit takes precedent. Okay, okay. Yeah, I agree, Lewis. Like, there's... This, yeah, it's just good. It's just there's a lot of it, uh, but and and I'm really really happy to see see there's a model like this. Um, yeah, I think I think the future will tell the tale of Mikhail, um, and we'll see we'll see how long long there he lives. Long may he reign. <laughs> he's definitely like he's definitely an absolute gatekeeper in in seeker um he's 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 good in out of keyword not as good because the life tokens are what make him quite such a tank but i yeah i completely 100 agree like there is there is potential to take him in if you're looking for and actually i think as we're at the end of our little explorers run through i think how many min three models have we seen in the faction because there's not a lot um yeah you've got you've got the worm the dinosaur um, you've got the a, 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 hand, a handful of others. No, he's min two. Is he min two? Um, yeah, you've oh, got a handful of everything. others. <laughs> if you're if you're looking for that min three model, this guy is a pretty sweet package. I mean, he's you can pay right if you're looking for a min three out of keyword, and you've got uh, the dinosaur or well, Sam Worm. You've got or this guy for a stone more than Nagaturo. Yeah, all right, I'll probably take Mikhail to be fair. I'm definitely taking Mikhail. Like I'm taking Mikhail because he's min three. He's defensive. And like he's he's helping my crew stay alive, and he's got healing. Like wow, and like movement tricks. It's just yeah. I just move any number of enemy models engaging target up to four inches towards this model. Like that's just cool. I'm going to drag you away and come over here. Stop standing over there. Whatever you were planning, it's not happening anymore. Amazing. I, I don't think we can say any more about Mikhail. Um, and I don't think we need to because everyone's going to see him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, so that is Tannenbaum. Um, we really liked him. We definitely thought he was awesome when we looked at him during the Versatile show. Um, I think the Chronicle comes into play a lot more in Seeker. So to remind everyone, that was after another model within six heals, 
this model may place the top non-Joker card of the healed model's discard pile onto the top of its owner's fate deck. So if Jedza healed Mikhail, for example, and wanted to throw a 13 or 11 or 12 at it to get that 3 slash 4, depending on the trigger heal, um, then Tanaban can just pop that straight back on the top of the fate deck to be flipped again. Um, but yeah, I, he is super, super good. I think he's definitely worth considering. Lewis, what are your thoughts on Tanaban? Yeah, so I've gone through a change of emotions on this model a few times. Um, I rated him really highly, and I, I, I didn't see a reason why you wouldn't hire him in quite a few non-seeker crews. I've took stock, I've put my sensible head on and stopped looking at the um, potential dream world scenarios. And in Seeker, yeah, okay, he's very good. He's going to be great for new players that often cock up their schemes. Um, he gives you a bit of assurance that you don't necessarily pick the wrong scheme if you, for some reason, pick Runic Binding and then read it. Um, I just think he's really good. I also just want to congratulate Weird again because the name of his chronicle comes in from Through the Breach because Innocence is where he's from. So I think that's quite nice. Um, just a nice little tie-in. And overall, yeah, I think he's a very steady model. I can't say much more than that. He sort of reminds me of Tui Mortimer with the front of his card with the chatty and that sort of thing. And it's just nice. It's just a nice overall good enforcer model. I think it's his ability to change the schemes that keeps him at eight stones. Otherwise, I don't. I think he's maybe a little overcosted. But apart from that, yeah, he's nice. I think. I think he. If we're looking at him in a seeker way, like he plays into that bubble again, right? With the chatty, he's gonna gonna be close. And it, you you want to play? Feel like seeker's gonna be playing in that game where actually, if you've if you've managed to get a uh, public enemies uh, claim jump term turf war game, like. Yeah, I mean that's fairly solid, isn't it? Like as a seeker crew, like Chatty's fantastic. Uh, as as that, I I think he's good. Like Ancient Words, I think is also one of the better uh, ranged abilities in the game. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would say he's, I would say he's eight stones. And even if even ignoring all the changing schemes thing, uh, I I that that changing scheme thing is amazing. You do have to pay the thirteen for it, like we said previously. But yeah, I, I can see him getting play. Um, I mean, when you stand him next to Mikhail, what are you going to do? But yeah, like he, he plays he plays a different game for me, and I, I think he's definitely got space in Seeker. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And you know, like I know you guys have brushed on it on another show, so I don't want to talk too much about it. I mean, I think Ink Fingers on the front of his card, great. You know, you your opponent, you tend to hold on to high cards at the end of your turn, so you can take them into next turn for an Alpha Strike. Tannenbaum stopping that comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. Comprehensive notes as well, removing four high cards from the discard pile and then removing them until the start of the next start phase. That's great. That's that's a quarter of your opponent's severe cards if you can hit them for the next turn. Plus, if you strip any from the hand they were hoping to keep, you know, you can remove potentially a few severes and it makes the math easier. He feels a little win more on that side, but he's very good. And I just... Like like you say, he's a very solid model. Yeah, I think Ink Fingers in, com- in like in conjunction with the fact that 
Jedza's crew seems to, so far, what we've looked at, can cultivate a bit of a hand. I feel like Jedza could actually potentially put herself at a card advantage with uh, being able to draw up the two cards and then Sophie being able to cycle some and actually means you can cultivate a good hand and they're not carrying anything over from the last turn. It, it, it all stacks up, I think, and it all builds. Yeah, agreed, um, but really, really nice. Um, cool. All right, let's move on to the next Enforcer, which is Ostera and Twig, and just a beautiful model. Um, I'm sure anyone who has seen the book can appreciate how nice this model is. Um, but let's have a look at what the card is so we got defense five willpower five move six so nice to see a quick model um seven wounds with unimpeded uh we've got herald so during the first start phase the first turn this model may move up to six hard to wound and scout ahead which is the same thing that orville had so uh, after deployment zones are chosen you can make an enemy non-leader non from the shadows models deploy which is really really nice um, we have Chronicle Survival. Once per activation, after another model within six heals, this model may look at the top card of the healed model's fate deck and may discard it. That is pretty useful. Um, on the back of the card, we have a stat five, range one melee attack, two, three, four damage with Siphon Life and Rake the Eyes. Pretty solid. Uh, we've got a bonus attack action, Aerial Strike, which is 12-inch range, stat six versus defense. It ignores cover, concealment, and line of sight. Target suffers 135 damage with with a puncture trigger. And then on a tome, uh, we've got vantage point, which is drop a scheme marker anywhere within the area between this model and the target, which is enemy only. Um, two tactical actions. We've got nature's rejuvenation. Once per activation, discard two cards and draw two new cards. A bit more card cycling, always welcome. And then bonus action, eyes in the sky. It needs a nine to go off. Uh, it's drop a ski marker anywhere within range, which is eight inches. And then on a mask, you can reposition. It's pretty solid, really snappy model. If it starts next to Sophie, it's going to be move seven, unimpeded with Herald. Ooh, very nice, very nice. What do we think, other than just a beautiful, beautiful model? It is absolutely gorgeous. Like it, This is potentially one of my most favorite models. I'm buying it, going to paint it. It's going to be lovely. But the actual card itself, I feel, is in... It almost is in like direct contrast to the ones we've seen so far. Like it, it doesn't really play into the bubble. It, it is fast. It, it wants. It looks like it wants to be out there. I mean, the aerial strike is pretty cool for that one hit. Um, it's got a little bit of the scheme manipulation, but it's it strikes me as uh, it strikes me as it is in direct contrast to it. And it'd be interesting to see where that plays. But maybe that's actually what what Jetsa needs. Maybe she does just need that quick model that can reach out and do something. Um, probably probably one of the only models, I think, in her keyword that's going to have that pace to reach out, potentially. Yeah, um, I think this model is your scheme runner in Jetsa. Um And you do it from behind the bubble. You can do it from the flanks of the bubble. I don't think she needs to be in the bubble, though. And a way I'm trying to weigh up the cost of this model is she's seven stones if you can keep her alive for five turns for one ap she's cost you two stones because she's doing the soul stones job each turn with that one action yeah that's fair that's fair i think the other thing with uh austera and twig is which will which will sort of come on to when we get to the model is um if you're looking for that sort of ranged scheme piece for an extra stone i think the damned potentially um is is a good choice for it um because that leap is a lot easier than getting eyes in the sky off 
Um, but, is. but yeah, Ostera is definitely quicker. So, oh, well, no, she's not actually with the leap, but um, she's, I, I really like Ostera. I like her, but I'm not sure what I like her for yet. Um, I like her for, yeah, the card cycling's nice. Dropping a ski mark is nice, but a nine is a pretty big ask. Um, and other than that, I think you've got models at that same cost that are bringing a role to the table that might be more useful. Um, because if you're just looking for something to do that sort of scheme running in the middle behind, so like, I mean, if you're saying about doing it from behind the bubble, you're thinking sort of like leave your mark sort of levels. And actually, um, Jed's a, can get that done pretty efficiently with a weary road. So I'm not sure what Ostera, that Ostera is going to be doing that. And at that point, maybe you're looking at probably swapping out for the Grave Goo or the Damned. But she'll probably make it in on her beautiful model. Well, beautiful model, yeah. Um, she's also, and I know gaining grounds has potential to change, but for the moment, we've got gaining grounds that we've got. There is nothing stopping Ostera being one of the quickest uh, lodestone carriers or symbols yeah. of authority hunters. The damned can't do that as efficiently as her because he can't leap if he's holding it. This is true, this is true, but there's a special place in my heart for the botanist for that role. Yeah, we do love the botanist <laughs> MVP. Big up to the botanists. Yeah, the botanists <laughs> are nice, but they also they don't discard cards from your opponent's fate deck that I remember. I'm not going to say gospel um and i mean scout ahead's worth the point the soulstone investment on this model anyway yeah agreed yeah especially in certain like in flank deployment or something where you where a key model can really its positioning can really affect the rest of you even like actually if we look on the basis level if we said lures are really good and you're coming up against like tormented or yurami and you go cool put that um jacuna down i want to see where she's going also this is not to do with the card, but we were talking about how many Jedzers we're going to see without umbrellas. How many Osteras are you going to see without Twigs? None, because this this model is beautiful and therefore she remained the- remain intact. Yes, yes, Lewis. I know the next words of Do you remember your Ostrigers, Matt? How yeah. many birds are still attached to your Ostrigers? But it's okay because Twiggy is a legend. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, I just really like this model. Um, I really like it too, but the more I look at it, the more I'm just like, oh, I'm just not sure it's come making the cut every time into the crew. No, I don't. Uh, But let's look look at the rest of the crew and we can make that call. Um, So the next model we're going to look at is the Grave Goo. Um, Seven soul stones, defense five, willpower four, eight wounds. Uh, it's got hard to wound, regen to slippery, which is nice. Uh, can only be engaged or targeted with claw actions by enemy models in base contact with it. Um, other than that, I think the rest of it is new stuff. So we've got Chronicle Leech. Um, a once per activation after another model within six heals. Enemy models with a consumed upgrade. Um, and enemy models in base contact with this model gain poison. One, we'll have a look at the consumed upgrade in a sec. Um, through the muck. This model is unaffected by severe terrain after this model moves. If it came into base contact with any terrain, it gains shielded plus one. And then Trail of Slime. Enemy models treat terrain in base contact with this model as hazardous. Damage one and poison one. That that Trail of Slime is potentially huge, depending on the board you're on. Um, I really, really like that. Um, on the back of the card, we've got Sludge Strike. It's range zero, stat six with a crow. 
resisted by defense. This action may target buried models with a consumed upgrade, ignoring range and line of sight. Suffers 236 damage. That's quite a big spike. Uh, accidental rollover on a mask pushes the grave goo five inches in any direction, and models that move through suffer one damage and poison, and then infect built in. Uh, two bonus actions we've got Grim Feast, which we've seen elsewhere, and then Engulf, which is enemy only, attach a consumed upgrade to the target with a crow built in. So that's stat five, crow versus move. Uh, the triggers, the first one's called Creamy Nougat Filling, which is awesome. Uh, target suffers one irreducible damage. And then we've got Encroaching Mass, also on a crow, immediately increase this action's dual total by the value of this model's shielded condition, which could be quite high considering uh, every time it moves, it comes into base contact with terrain, it gains shielded one, which is pretty nice. So I'm liking the look of that so far. Um, let's have a look at the consumed upgrade. Uh, so if this upgrade is attached, bury this model. If this upgrade, if this model is not buried in this way, discard the upgrade. If this model is not buried this way, discard the upgrade. Okay, so if it can't be buried. Um, after this model is unburied or after an enemy grave goo is killed, discard this upgrade. If this upgrade is discarded while this model is buried, unbury it and base contact with a grave goo. So it does two things. It gives the uh, model two abilities. The first one is gel gel gelatinous, gelatinous escape. Um, gelatinous. I know what the, I know, yeah, I know what that word is, but I'm struggling with it there. Um, at the start of this model's activation, it must attempt a target number 14 move jewel. That is a big jewel. Um, if it passes, unbury it in base contact with an enemy grave goo. And then it's got get me out of here. Other friendly models gain the following trigger to their claw actions when targeting grave goo models. Uh, it is a mask slimy rescue. Uh, this model gains poison plus one, then unbury a friendly model with an attached consumed upgrade anywhere in base contact. That's pretty cool. So they reach inside the slimy grave goo and pull their friend out. Um, I love this model for seven stones. I think it's solid. And I think that trail of slime is potentially massive. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think trail of slime is huge, right? Actually, for seven stones, this is a really cool model. Like, actually, I think it's good. Um, uh, I think it's definitely got plays. Uh, two, three, that spike of six, right? You're going to be wary of this model getting a focus. Um, and I, I just think it's a lot of fun. And I think outside of being a lot of fun, potentially an awful lot of control, like the ability to take a model out of play really strong, um, give it a bit of irreducible damage there on a tick. That's, that's good um, when you want it. Uh, yeah, like this is a good model for seven stones. Uh, I, I think it's well well put, well balanced. It's size three as well, so it's never going to struggle to see Jedza, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think good, really, really good. Regeneration two is probably not, not going to die too easily, hard to wound. I, I think under committed fire, you'll probably get it, right? But yeah, you've you got to be wary about getting anywhere near it. Yeah, I think it's. I think the size three can't be understated as how important it is in terms of not not blocking your own line of sights with your models. You can create this sort of layer system with your bubble where you've got the grave goo, the damned on the outside with Sophie, and then you can have the smaller models inside, and they're not blocking line of sight to Jedza for the rest of the crew, um, which is really really nice. But on the flip side of that, you do need to be careful that you're not blocking line of sight to your own models using your bigger models. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think I think that comes with play, right? It comes with time. Um, 
Yeah, really, really good. Slippery is an interesting action. I think the only thing the only thing I have about this model is I, I don't know how you paint it. It looks like a really smooth blob. They're trying to get some texture and some detail on that is going to be be hard. So it'll be interesting to see what we'd do with the actual sculpt. So that'd be really cool. I think you just I think you just go balls deep and cover it in varnish. Cover it in varnish. <laughs> just make it look super slippery. Mate, mate, you've got to paint it with depth. You've really got to get like the things inside it, you've got ex- extra shadows. It's a real challenge for a painter. I would love to see it. Can't wait to see some people do it. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to. I think it's going to be one of those ones that I'm looking at it going, I'm really definitely going to want to paint this model, but I don't know that my paint style will do this justice. Um, but I really, really like it. I think it's good in the game. I think for seven stones, yeah, super solid. I, I think you you definitely potentially take it. Um, what about you, Lewis? Okay, in seriousness this time, I'm not 100% sold on this model. Um, I think it's the weakest Chronicle we've seen so far. Yeah, Trail of Slime is nice. A height, a size three model with an engagement range of zero is a little bit mm. not a fan of that. I'm not, also not a fan of the fact that it is range zero on its attack. Um, it seems like you had, with this model, it seems like you've been shoehorned a little bit by what you could do with Jedza because it feels like if you're taking this model, you want to get staggered onto the models near it so that you can bury them easier and sort of take them out of the game. Um, I mean, I'm a big Euripides player, so I have a big problem with people being allowed to take jewels to get out of being buried anyway, because I don't suffer that. I mean, <laughs> don't. Um, I just, for me, the mo- like you guys have said, the model is beautiful. The concept is amazing. I don't think this is as hireable as some of the other models we've seen. And, also, it's another one of those models that's going to make TOs change the board a little bit, knowing that it could be on the table. Which, is, again, is a nice thing, as we've seen with Jedza, but... it's it's I can see what you're saying. It's potentially a little bit of a tech pick in certain places where actually you want to be able to remove models. I think this goo could just slide around Mikhail just absorbing models as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's like, you can't hit me, you got to hit Mikhail. Can't hit me, you got to hit Mikhail. And it's just it's just going to slide around causing problems, and, which I, I think could be quite good fun. Like, And we know Jensen's got some unresisted staggered. So the move duel, the building crow. Uh, yeah, I may, maybe not every time, but I suppose that really does depend on what the rest of the crew looks like. But... Yeah, it's not. It's not necessarily bringing anything more. Like, actually, if if there's a solid piece of tech comes out in the next couple of models, maybe it will lose its space. But I would say that it, it's got a space just as much as uh, the previous model had. That even though she's absolutely beautiful, I am looking for her name, Ostera and Twiggy. <laughs> See, but with you saying that, with this being size three, it's actually quite easy to manipulate it so Mikhail can't catch you in the ring. Because it's on a big base as well, isn't it? It's on a 40 mil base, so it's on a bigger base. So you can manipulate this where you can be in base contact with it and not have to worry about Mikhail targeting you. Yeah, no, um, it is something you've got to be wary of, I think, when playing Seeker. But I still think a good model. I I like this model. I, like, I, I get what you're saying, Lewis, but I think actually... It's move five, move six when it's near Sophie. Um, I think Slippery goes a long way to making up for that zero-inch engage. Um, it's regen two, 
Defense 5, it's got eight wounds. I like it. I think it's solid. I think that Trail of Slime, you, we're talking about an entire crew that ignores severe terrain here. Um, and you could go into a public enemies and pop it in a wood and just go, cool. Um, my crew's in a wood. It doesn't affect me because uh, we're all unimpeded or or don't or just ignore it. And this wood is for you, damage one, poison one hazardous. So come get me. Um, I thought I appreciate that would take a very specific set of strat of schemes to to mean that you would could do that and your opponent not just go around and score points anyway. But um, I just think yeah, the potential the potential is huge for for a relatively low cost. I mean, even if we're looking at just the minion options, um, like the, the probably more popular minion, the Surveyor at seven stone, uh, six stones for one more stone. I think you get a lot of bang for your buck with the Grave Goo. Um, I like it. I do like it, and I think I do think it's a shame the bury the enemy models can choose to unbury, um, or by uh, beating that jewel. But I still think it's a solid model, and actually, I think you just do sludge strike because um, two, three, six with infect built in and potentially an accidental rollover for an extra damage one poison one. I like it. I do really like it. So enemy models treat the terrain with trailer slime as hazardous but not friendly right i'm reading that correctly aren't i correct yeah so why are you saying stick this in a forest yes it hampers your opponent but jedza gets no benefit from that she doesn't treat it as hazardous so her life of earth doesn't get the hazardous bonus off that right no no but the benefit is if your opponent wants to come in and do anything they're taking hazardous damage yeah okay that's fair um I'm just looking to at it if if people want to slap it in a forest, and it's worth noting that Jedza doesn't get to treat it as hazardous because that I could see an argument breaking out over that. Yeah, well, it's simply that it's it's not that the terrain piece gains that trait; it's that enemy models treat the terrain piece. So that's that's the the rule on it. It's like there's no point where that terrain gains that trait; it's the enemy models treat it as having that trait. So. Um, I think that's pretty clear cut, but yeah, I like I like the grave goo. I can see the downsides to it, and I think it'd be one of those ones that um, is a bit polarizing. Some people like it, some people yeah. won't. And I think you'll play some games with it and go, "Why did I hire this?" And then other times you'll just have a map, and it will just be really right for the yeah. grave goo. I um, so yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on to something I know Lewis really likes, which is going to be the damned again, another beautiful model and a dual keyword seeker and savage. So coming to a Euripides crew near you um eight cost nine wounds unimpeded hard to wound the old ways really really good defense five willpower five move five size three uh we got toss away the scraps so after this model kills no model with a claw action one friendly model within six heals two more healing we like healing and then chronicle betrayal once per activation after another model within six heals enemy models within one of it suffer one damage so that is really, really nice. A little bit of ping damage coming off from healing there. Um, on the back of the car, we've got Ferocious Claws. So one inch melee, stat six versus defense, two, four, six damage and push the target two inches in any direction. Um, we already touched on a few different ways there's hazardous terrain in this crew with the surveyors and potentially the grave goo creating hazardous terrain as well. That could cause a lot of damage with that built-in push. Um, the dam's also got a crit strike and a pouncing strike trigger. Super solid. Um, Breath of Frost as another attack action. Six inch range, stat five, targeting defense with a built in tome. 
Um, target suffers two, three blast, four double blast, and models damage gains staggered. The tome trigger is going to mean when resolving, instead of dropping blast markers for this action, you may drop ice pillars. And then he's got a suited leap, needing a six um, on as a tactical action bonus. I think this is super solid. I think this is probably going in every single crew. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is going in every single crew. The old ways is a brilliant ability. We know that. Um, yeah, eight stones, nine wounds, really good. Um, hard to wound again. They seem to be playing. They seem to be playing their their game really well, right? Like there's there's a lot of kind of consistent damage coming out. Like if you're close to any of this stuff, it's it's going to cause you a problem. Like you going into the bubble. If this stuff is in there, you're going to have an issue. Um, I think Breath of Frost isn't is a great great option. Um, like with two, three, four, the blasts, models damaged by this getting staggered with the built-in tome. Um, this is really good. Really, really, really good. Um, and a model with a built-in leap. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I hate to see a built-in leap, but I also can't deny that it's fantastic, right? Needs a six, it's going to go off. I, I, don't, I don't see a space in the game where we should have built-in leaps, but right now it's here, and you know what? Let's let's use it while it's still good, because it is really good. Leap is fantastic, and you only need a six to get it off. This this model, you're not you're not going to lock it down, are you? It's it's going to be in your face, and pouncing strike also plays into that bubble, right? So actually, if she catches you in that bubble, this model is just going to cool. I'm going to hit something. I'm going to bounce to another one. I'm going to hit something else. I'm going to bounce to another one. It, it could it could do a lot of work and a lot of damage in a small space, and I think that's what they're playing into right now. Is the feeling I'm getting. See, I've got a different feeling for this. And I will say, actually, I don't mind a suited leap on an eight stone model. Um, I think it's when you're getting it on the lower cost models that it feels a little bit cheeky for the scheme running. Um, I think if you're paying eight soul stones for something that's really good at scheming, that's fair. Um, unless it's Midnight Stalker, because that is just too good. <laughs> but yeah, and also it doesn't have a suited leap, but does have other stuff going for it. So um, yeah, I, I actually think the damned pill feels a bit of a different role. Now, it can absolutely do what you were saying. But I think what this is, is the model that reaches out in Jed's crew. And I think it's something that the other models don't really do as much that we've seen so far. Um, I mean, obviously, Ostera can, but Ostera is not quite as survivable as the Damned. And I think the Damned, the leap just makes it easier for the Damned to to go and isolate key pieces of the enemy crew and take it out. Especially if you're putting focus on it, that severe damage six means it's quite easy for the Damned to go and take out some... Scheme runners and other things that Jedza in her bubble would otherwise struggle to deal with. Um, so you just put a focus or two on the damned, send them off to go and hunt these models that will be scoring the enemy points um, and avoiding the the sort of death bubble that Jedza creates in the middle. And that's the role I see for the damned, and I think it's it's one that's desperately needed in the crew. Um, if you I, like, this crew is super super solid. But if you didn't have a model like this, I think your enemy just plays around the ed- the edges of the board, scoring points and. Jedza doesn't really have anything she can do about that in her thematic crew as outside this model because they all want to sit in that bubble. Um, so yeah, I really like it. What do you think, Lewis? Give me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start with this model. I am so excited for it. Yes, I know it's an explorer's model. Yes, I know it's got the seeker keyword. But for me, it's got a more important keyword. And that is savage. Um, this thing is going to be amazing. Um, 
from a Jedza point of view, um, I kind of, again, can't really comment more than what you guys have said. It's really strong. Um, it's on a 40 mil base, which is nice. Um, and as we had a conversation, Jamie, it's not another boring ice giant, which we kind of thought it might be. It's an undead. Yeah, it's nice. That model is, the model is just far, far exceeded my expectations. It is beautiful. Oh, were you going to tell us something about it in in Savage, it sounded like, but I cut you off? Yeah, no, no, it's fine. Um, this model just, oh, it's, a, it's a giant undead moose. Um, it's so cool. Yeah, so in Savage, I'm I, I I'm really excited about this model. I play Savage like it's a bunch of hammers hitting an anvil, and I just try and throw as much damage at the wall as I can and make it stick. This guy is going to bring some much-needed finesse to the crew. Um, like, I, I mean, I attach Eldritch Magic uh, to Euripides, which is when a model dies within six of Euripides, he heals one. Now, with this model, every time something dies within six of Euripides, you plink that damage, uh, you heal it, and then you plink a damage onto the stuff around Euripides. So it makes him more survivable and stops stuff coming into him. Um, also, he's on a 40 mil base, which is great in Euripides because everything else is pretty much on 50s. So it lends into not worrying about positioning. You don't have to worry about making him incorporeal with the totem because he's unimpeded, so it's fine. Um, and also just... It stops you hiring Serena for the healing. There's so many ways to heal with this guy now that it doesn't really matter. And it gives you an alternative scheme runner uh, over some of the weaker options in the Gigants and the Bulltungan because of the suited leap. And this guy with some of the Neverborn upgrades is going to be like him within Human Reflexes, for instance, or Ancient Pact. Ancient Pact on him is going to be good. Um, ignoring Black Jokers and that sort of thing. Ill Omens, it's just fire. And I will forgive everything with the Nakima box being delayed if Weird give us this first. (laughs) Fair play. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think Savage players are definitely going to be looking forward to this model releasing. All right, let's move on to the minions. So we've got three different minions for the keyword. Um, Let's start with the Wraith. Um, so there are potentially three of these. They are only four soul stones, um, four defense, four willpower, four move, four wounds, lots of fours, four stones. Um, they are armor one. They have through the muck. So it's the same thing the Grave Goo had unaffected by severe terrain and gained shielded when it uh, goes into base contact with terrain. It's got rolling stones. So other friendly seeker models may treat this model as severe, impassable terrain marker, which cannot be removed. Other models treat the area within two of this model as severe, which is pretty nice. And then Chronicle Servitude, once per activation, after another model within six heals, this model may move it, move up to two inches towards the healed model. So a little bit of extra movement. Not a huge amount going on in the back of the guard. We've got Final Rest, which we've seen on some other models. So remove all scrap and corpse markers and choose a number number of friendly models in this model's line of sight up to the number of removed markers then each chosen model heals one as a bonus tactical action and then two attack actions which is dirt nap so it's range eight stat four versus willpower target gains slow and heals one and then hard slam this model may lower the value of its shielded condition by any amount target suffers one two four damage with plus one damage for each point of shielded lowered up to plus two with a bold over trigger so um i mean (laughs) 
it's all right for four stones. Um, I, it's not not setting the world on fire. It's a pretty cool model, um, but I'm not sure what you're hiring it for. What you're going to do with it? Any ideas? I actually really like this model. Um, this is a way with final rest to because the model just has to be in line of sight. This is like multi trigger chronicles, right? At a distance. Um. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. And Jedza being able to use it as a mobile terrain node for Life of the Earth is just great. You're playing on a terrain sparse table? Fine. I'll create my own on my models that I'm hiring. It's four stones. It's not breaking the bank to hire it. Yeah, I think I think for me it's um it, it's not it's not bringing anything new new to the uh to the crew, right? Like it, it feels like the the hard slam with the, the shielded things, it's just going to bring a little bit more damage, but I don't feel like we're lacking damage. Um, the dirt nap, I, I tight gains slow and heals one. I think is probably my most favourite ability on this card. It's like if it's going late, you can giving giving a model slow after it's activated is good. We know that actually the the healing we could use to do some damage. Or even, like, if it does heal, you can drop a Kale into base contact with it. It feels like it might facilitate stuff. It's it's not setting the world on fire, but it is four stones. And a four stone minion is a four stone minion. Um, I think, actually, if it if it had moved five, people might be like, yeah, all right, no, okay, I'll take it. Like, pretty much in most games. But I think, yeah, I, it's, it's, I don't know, really. Where... where it's, well, it's ultimately fine. Yeah, it's fine for four stones, and that's that's okay. That's it's it. okay to be a fine four stone model. Um, yeah. All right. Let's move on. So, next one we've got is the lamp lighter. Um, potentially three of these. These are seven stole stones with seven wounds. Uh, defense five, willpower five, move five, size two. Um, they've got don't mind me, which I like. And actually, do you know what? That's the what third model with don't mind me in faction which is really nice um we've got unimpeded as well um and then a few different things on the front of the card so chronicle uh, seclusion uh and once per activation after another model within six heals this model may push the healed model up to one in any direction that's nice um we've got shimmering lights enemy models that end a move within two of this model gain distracted plus one after resolving the current action or ability that is super awesome especially with the amount of little move things that happen in this crew um and then we've got ancient lamps so after deployment create two dim height four concealing lamp markers anywhere at least four inches from another marker seeker models are unaffected by friendly lamp markers concealing traits so jumping up some concealing that your friendly models ignore is really nice um, on the back of the card we've got a lighting stick it's a range two stat five versus defense one three three damage and burning one um, with a trigger to push the target up to four inches towards a terrain marker in its line of sight so if you get some of this hazardous terrain going this is potentially really good um, unnatural glow as another attack action so it's eight inch range stat five targeting willpower needs a five to go off because it's tn10 push the target up to three in any direction then this model may have the target heal one or one two three if it was within two of a terrain marker uh, with a tome trigger to discard a card and drop another dim lamp marker in base contact with this model um i really like that uh it's a solid heal on a model um 
Two bonus actions. The first one is light the way. Needs a five to go off and must target a lamp marker within two inches. For the remainder of the game, even after this model leaves play, the target is lit. And friendly models within two of each of the lit lamp marker each receive a plus to any one jewel they take each activation. That is awesome. Um, Tome trigger allows means enemy models within four of the target. Each pass a target number 12 willpower jewel or push four inches towards it. And on a mass trigger, you've got your coming with we you're with me with me um which is a three inch push and then place the lamp lighter in base contact so a bit of extra movement for the lamp lighter and a way to reposition your lamps uh finally on a as another bonus action needs a five to go off targeting a already lit lamp marker um within eight inches until the end phase when taking the interact action this model treats the area within two of the target and as in base contact with itself with a crow trigger until the end phase, enemy models within two cannot take the interact action. This model is money. Um, this is awesome. It's quite vulnerable, although Jedza has other things to say about that. But just from its card, it's quite vulnerable. But wow, this is doing some A, really, really cool new stuff, and B, really, really useful stuff. And playing around with... Um, weird interact actions for yourself and denying interact actions for your opponent i really like it yeah for me the lamp lighters every seeker crew they bring they bring a lot of tech that i felt has been missing for the last couple of cards we've gone through like actually that this this feels like some anti-scheme tech whereas there's a couple of the other ones just like yeah you know what you got a solid beater in there you've got oh, a bit of removal maybe but this this is the first model we've gone do you know what it's a don't mind me model all the stuff to do with the lamps, brilliant. The pauses to the jewel, so offering that support as well as that tech. It's got some movement, it's got some healing. Seven stones. I think you're definitely taking one, maybe two, but seven stones is a big cost. I'm impressed that these are minion free for seven stones. Um, but I for for the, for what's on their card, I can totally see why they're seven stones. It makes perfect sense. Um, absolutely stunning model. Gonna take a moment to say that. Like super yeah. super pretty and i'm really excited to see the other two really really excited um but yeah i i don't think you leave home without one of these uh it's it's got range uh that that range heal really good we know train markers are a thing in this crew uh, and these lamps i mean that that's all completely new stuff right that's just a new new thing to the game and the pauses the beacon the coming with me it's got some real kind of tricks there and like just being able to turn off interact actions within two inches of a marker. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Seven sides taking it every time. Brilliant. Yeah, I agree. I think you take this in every single seeker crew and it's going to bring you value whenever you do, even if there's not really, even if it's not really an interactive game, um, that plus flip um, to each model once per activation is just complete value. Um, I, I just I think this model is solid, and and in I like I think it's I was looking at it going I might consider this in some other crews, um, but I think outside of um, Seeker it's it's pretty easy to deal with for sure, um, but I still think it's a consideration for that for that heal. Not that not that you are struggling for it, and I think actually once you're hitting eight stones for it, you're probably going to reach for the emissary in that role. Um, but yeah, super solid. Really, really like it. What, what are your thoughts on it, Lou? My head hurts. Um, I really like. 
there's just a lot to take in with this model. Um, I really like it. Um, again, like you guys said, the actual model itself is beautiful. Um, I mean, I don't like to talk about auto hires and that sort of thing, even though the damned is one because he's amazing. Um, this crew is expensive if you're hiring this, the damned, Mikhail, um, the grave goo, that sort of thing. So I don't think, I think it's nice. Do you hire this outside of Seeker? Maybe in Lord Cooper? I was thinking Lord Cooper. I was also thinking potentially Ivan. Um, Ivan's very much someone who wants to get somewhere. So something we didn't talk about in Ivan, where which is like one of his weaknesses, is that Ivan doesn't posi- reposition very well. Um, although he's got that sort of pseudo leap, it's not... Um, it's not as as easy to make that decision as it first looks because you want to keep on like a bed of shadow markers for him. Um, but what the lamplighter does is can put a lamp next to him, which is A, going to give him concealing, which he loves anyway, and B, give him a plus flip once per activation, which he can use to, to have an extra plus flip if he's going on a hard jaw or use it to help defend himself once per activation. Um, and some healing, which can affect... Uh, himself, which other than um, oh, what's his henchman's name, Gibson, is not around in the crew. So yeah, I, I think I think potentially, I think for eight soul stones, it's going to be a big ask because there are some good. I mean, you've got Tannenbaum who's versatile. You've got the emissary for two stones more. There's some good models that that fill roles that you might want to put in instead. But I think there's potential there. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think you would. Um, would Ivan benefit from the concealing lamp markers as well? Surely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like that—that that synergizes quite nicely as well. Yeah, I, I don't mind me model as well, unimpeded. It's it's not slow at five. I I, I think you would. You probably would. Probably would take it. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I was thinking with Ivan as well is that the that it gives out distracted when you end moves near it. Um, so that's another thing that plays into Ivan as well because he wants you to have distracted so Gibson can put you on legs. So I think there's a couple of little synergies there into a duo Umbra crew. Um, but I think generally Seeker, yeah, 100% of the time, I don't see a reason not to take this model. It also means you're not relying on Jedza for the heals and if Jedza wants to activate early or activate late because realistically you're probably going to want to activate... Um, you're going to want to have, sorry, more than one option to heal your models. Um, and I think the Lamplighter does that really nicely. Are we going to brush over the fact that the best non-key, one of the better non-keyword models for Ivan does the opposite of his fluff and gets rid of shadows? <laughs> yeah. No, well, actually, let, let, let's take a moment to actually appreciate that uh, you can't have a shadow without light. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, the I think this is good in Apex as well. Just deploy one of those lamps where you know Cooper can get to and then just enjoy him having a pause shot on that dumb gun. Yeah, because he can use that. He can then transfer that. It gives him an extra pause to transfer onto the damage as well, which is nice. So if he wants that... Pl- so if you're coming up against... like If you're coming up against Rezzers, for example, I think you'd consider the lamp lighter in Cooper because you you're going to do that focus shot with Cooper anyway. Um, but having the lamp lighter there for the extra pause allows you to put a double pause onto the damage, um, which you might not have been able to if it's not the model with adversary. So, yeah, I agree, Lewis. I agree. 
All right, we got one more model in this keyword, which is the surveyor. We went through the surveyor in a bit of detail during the syndicate um, review, but uh, just as a quick reminder, so it's armor one with six wounds, unimpeded, price of progress, which allows it to build in suits at the cost of a wound, and chronicle geomancy, which means after another model within six heals, the surveyor can discard a card to create a height to blocking, destructible, impassable, hazardous geode marker, all the terrain traits within two of the healed model. Um, it's got a two-inch engage. It's got a ranged attack. It's got a bonus action to put up a two-inch hazardous aura. Um, I, it's good. Like It's good with all the movement tricks as well. It's good. A two-inch engage is good. Um, it becomes super survivable with Jedza around as well. Um, I think definitely a consideration. I think you take one, if not maybe two, because um, like Chain Gang is, is probably really good for this crew, right? Moving models whilst maintaining closeness to other models. It brings that nice range element as well, with the hooked gun, hooked chain even, really good. And it's just you just can't argue with the Chronicles Geomancy. That just plays just plays into Jed's hand with all those terrain markers, right? All those train traits, it's everything you want. Again, it's another armored one model. Like these, these things are solid. Like absolutely good price of progress. You can pick your suit. Amazing. We're not shy healing, right? In in Jed's crew, so price of progress is is just cheap, cheap in Seeker, um, and and then just that fields of steel for um, when you just need a bit of hazardous terrain inside your bubble, right? It's just just fantastic like uh, i think these are a solid choice uh, i would with the two inch melee on the surveyor's tools like so much so much long range melee potentially in this keyword yeah I, I i probably might be aiming at two of these what about you lou yeah so i'm gonna hold my hands up here i was initially really down on this model and just thought it was crap and then i read everything again and i was like Jesus, these are good. Um, yeah, these are really good. I I, I really like them. Um, they are that you're hiring at least one, as Matt said. Two, if the game isn't an overly killy one. Um, I know they've got a two inch engagement range, but so is Mikhail. I just I think it's a solid model. There's not a much. There's not been a single model, bar two of them, where we've had this uh, disagreements in this keyword where it's just not solid for the stones and it's a very yeah i think that's fair. i would say it's probably better as a seeker model than it is a syndicate model um yeah yes and no they, they sort of no i see i don't think so i think syndicate are pretty good and i think they do different things there um and i think i think in actually in um syndicate they they're all about p- causing extra pings of hazardous but um, I I like it. I think I like it in both keywords. I think you'd be tempted to hire it. I don't know about two because I think you're struggling for stones there. Um, but I think overall, what a solid keyword this is, and it is going to be a challenging one to get around as the opponent. I think I think there's something that needs to be considered when we look at the power level of this keyword because I think it's really easy to look at it and go wow with mikhail and stuff like this how are you how on earth are you going to do anything about this but i think you need to appreciate as someone who's played a game or many games with it um 
you need to appreciate how difficult it can be to influence the board from such a small bubble. And actually, the bigger you make that bubble, because six, you say, cool, six inch bubble's great, yeah, because you can go effectively like a 12 inch wheel, right? But as soon as you spread out, you invite your opponent into block sight lines. Um, so there's that there's that window where you've got to go, cool, I want a small enough bubble that everything's protected and it's really difficult for my opponent to come in and block sight lines, but a big enough bubble that your opponent can't just walk around doing everything they want to do and not really getting involved with, with Jedza and her game that she wants to play. So it's actually, in my opinion, to play well and to actually win games because it's really easy to just go, I've got a bubble here and you can't kill the models. But does that win games? No, not unless they're really, really specific set of strats and schemes. Um, so it's that it's that finding the ways to reach out and keep the bubble safe and move it up the board and still keep it protected and keep it functional. Um, so I think it is actually quite a high-level play keyword, despite the fact that the basic mechanics of it seem like it's really forgiving. I think to actually to translate that into a crew that wins games and scores points and denies points is going to take some real careful play. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, I think to it's gonna it's gonna play well straight out of the gate. I think to play it play it to its full potential, you are gonna have to come out with a little bit more finesse. You are gonna have to know how to manage your auras. Um, I, I do think it's gonna be up there with the the top end of the keywords in the in this in the explorers. Um, Sack up to me next to Ivan, I think, um, and I think. As the rules itself are going to keep it there, and if that doesn't get them there, the models are stunning, and uh, that I mean it's a C play for me personally. Even if you didn't even look at any of the cards, um, yeah, I, I think they're really good. I was just sat here trying to think about versatile models, but I don't, not entirely sure. Maybe you want some faster runners. I think the emissary is a solid consideration for the healing. Emissary is um, a solid consideration in all explorers' crews, is what we found. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's basically like like explorers don't have a rider, so here's the emissary. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it is a solid consideration. I think it's going to be seen as much as like the hodgepodge is in Outcast. It's just going to be a staple addition to a lot of crews. Um, and I think in this crew where they love the healing, um, I think the emissary is a great choice again. And it's another model that, on top of Mikhail as well, makes it really hard to break what Jeds is doing. Um, but I think, like with what you were saying, I think it is a super powerful keyword. But I think it sits like, like I, I consider in the right set of strats and schemes, Ironsides can be an absolute nightmare to play against for a similar reason because her crew plays in this bubble, and that bubble is really hard to do anything about. Um, and I think Jedza presents a similar thing. But the thing that stops um, Ironside being considered one of the best crews in the game is that it's not s- able to reach out and affect wide parts of the board as effectively. And I think Jedza's going to have the same problem. I think the Damned will help with that. But your opponent's going to not... like if you, if you, as the opponent, just walk up and smash into Jedza's cr- crew, you're going to have just the saddest time of your life. Um, because you're going to do the grand so- total of fuck all, um, and Jed's crew is going to kill you because they're not going to die, and you are going to die. Um, so you're going to need to approach it in a in a different way. And I think more than any of the other explorers' keywords, you need to build a list to beat this. Um, you need to have movement. You need to have lures. You need to have things that can block line of sight. Um, you even if you if you can't get a lure, you need to have things like shove aside or bold over or um, 
the the other one that just allows you to push a model um in in any direction just so you can start breaking apart and creating gaps for you to get in and block line of sight and move things away um and just don't stand in front of it hitting Mikhail over and over again because that's just literally the worst plan and that is literally that is like what Jedza wants you to do and if you do it it's going to do literally nothing interestingly thinking about like the Ivan episode we did the one before this I, I think Nakima is a really good shout into this um, because basically like, two mature Neth and her all have like shove aside it's just going to so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bowl in, I'm going to push models out, I'm going to push that model out, I'm going to hit this model, I'm going to push that model over there. Uh, it's just going to zip over here, kill that one that's been pushed out. Brilliant. And she's got the raw power to do it as well. Yeah, it's solid. And the other thing is, it's that splash damage from Black Blood, right? Um, the other the other thing, so if you can't get in and block line of sight, the other thing is you take out Sophie, you 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 laser focus Sophie out, so Jed's has then got a a ticking clock of life tokens and you just splash damage and you force her to spend more life tokens than she's got at which point you can actually start killing models i think jed's is pretty much gonna gonna be asked to ask with uh mikhail making jed killing jed's herself without dealing with either her life tokens or mikhail really really hard um so but actually if you can just chew through those life tokens. That those those are the way. So like, there's just, there's some really key and clear counters to this crew, um, and it is like as we've discussed, it's it's forcing her to spend her life tokens. It's blocking the line of sight. It's moving models out of range. Um, if you don't do any of those things, you're you're probably going to struggle, um, unless it's a game that is. Um, let's say symbols of authority and loads of schemey schemes where you don't have to come and engage it. But at that point, the explorers players probably done the wrong thing by declaring seeker. Yeah, do you know? I would agree. Sorry, do you know who's going to give this crew a shite time? Who's that? Tara. Yeah, yeah, potentially, yeah, absolutely. So. Very well, you, you, You've got a Mikhail. Uh, it's under the ground now. Yeah, Tara. that's a real thing. Yeah, any crew that can deal with, like you say, movements or like models like the Foon. Or Tara's models that can bury you're just in for a shite time, basically. Lady Justice, the old Death Marshals coming in, cool. Tacky size, bury it. Tacky size, bury it. It's a shout, and uh, and they play into undead as well, right? So like, actually, there are undead models into this. I think Lady Justice might be in there with a with a sweep. Yeah, they're stopping healing as well. There are answers to it, and I think I I will one hundred percent agree. I I would be surprised, and I think this crew is. Is is hard work, but but not. But I think it's got enough obvious weaknesses and downsides that it keeps it in a balanced place. And I think it stops it being the the top of the keyword, which I think on first glance you're going to look at it and think it is. Um, but I do think there's going to be plenty of people that look at this, and I'll be surprised if there isn't. They're going to look at it and go, "This is just ridiculous." Um, and I think again, a bit like Ivan, when you scratch the surface a little bit and break it down, you see the answers to it, but. Well, what like what a cool keyword! It's a n- completely new mechanic. It's really cool. The theme is awesome. The models are beautiful. Um, I think it plays in a really nice way. I think it's going to be another one that really, 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 really rewards high level play um, because the, you need to if you want to play this and you want to play it well, you need to work out when you can stretch out, how you can push up the board, where what part of the board you need to take and hold. Um, what schemes you're going to be able to take and deny, how you build your crew to make that happen and to minimise the 
the the ability of your opponent to just not interact with you. Um, yeah, a super super solid and really cool keyword. I'm so looking forward to this. But all right, have we got anything else to say, or is this a wrap? Uh, can I just make one last plea to Weird? If you ever do something to kill another master in the game, you gave us the damned. Get rid of Rasputina, and we'll all be okay. Because no one likes Rasputina like that. <laughs> I quite like Raspy. I like Raspy. I don't play her, but I think she's a cool model and a cool theme. Yeah. Would an undead moose master be cooler than Rasputina? Yes. I mean, yeah, but there's there's definitely better. There's definitely masters that I would put in line to, to kill off before it would be Raspy. Sorry, strongly disagree. Raspy is really cool. I definitely don't want her over an undead moose master. Like, You're Raspy wrong. Is awesome. You're wrong. But that's <laughs> wait. You've got to stop hanging out with the unicorns, man. I can. There's, they're everywhere up here. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's. Um. I think we sort of descended into madness now. Uh. So we will uh end it there. So thank you, everyone, who has stayed with us on this journey through the Explorer Society book. Um. I'm just super buzzing i cannot wait for these models to start coming through um i'm sure everyone knows i've been sort of floating around factions lately and that is mostly because i've been waiting for this uh i I think i've decided that a while ago that explorers were going to replace rezzers as my main faction um so i've been flitting from faction to faction while waiting for these and now it's time to plow into the explorers which is really really exciting for me um we hope you have enjoyed the show other than that thank you for listening Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah, brilliant. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye.